0: Today, I'm sitting down with Dean LaGrange, who is the founder of D2C Paid Ads. And within this agency, he works mainly with D2C brands, helping them transition from D2C to Walmart, Target and other big retailers. So today we'll be talking about the current state of media buying, how to set up campaigns for Black Friday, as well as the general state of D2C e-commerce transitioning into retail and retail and legacy brands transitioning into D2C. So don't want to miss this one. I'm Nikita from aspectagency.com and let's get into the podcast. Dean, welcome to the Scaling E-commerce podcast. Glad to have you on. You're actually one of the first few people that I met here in Nashville when I moved here. And it was a proper introduction. I got a monologue on how i'm doing life wrong pretty much and how i should be improving but it's it's great to have you on and uh welcome
1: that wasn't from me was it i must have just repurposed it somewhere (laughs) it's only a matter of time
0: before we start talking five minutes in and you give me like a monologue on something so
1: yeah i appreciate it man uh thanks so much for having me on here it's an honor uh i know there's a lot of podcast content out there that's being made right now so uh, I, I appreciate you having me on, and also uh, appreciate all the listeners listening in. And it's going to be really cool. I I know before we talked about this, there's a lot of things that we could talk about. Yep. Um. But but hopefully we can go over some things that are going to change our lives and our businesses here uh, while we go through Black Friday, Cyber Monday. But um, it's it it really is uh, an honor to be on here. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, let's Absolutely. let's dive in. Big thing I
0: want to talk with you since you're managing a lot of brands that are in the six, seven, eight-figure category, and you're also helping these brands transition into Walmart, Target, retail stores. I guess, what are like some of the biggest trends that you're seeing right now in the D2C ad space since your brand is literally D2C paid ads and you manage those clients? Yeah. like What are some big trends that you're seeing right now?
1: Yeah, so the main thing that we're seeing, uh, I guess two things. You see big business uh, doing a lot of layoffs, so Facebook, uh, and then also Twitter. So that's just more along the lines of what's happening within the industry, within tech. Um, but when we're working within these brands, we're being brought in for a lot of testing uh, within going to, let's say, a, a Walmart. And you have a luggage company that has to have a retargeting campaigns and also to that uh, gets majority of all of their business uh, at Walmart and then also to Target or any of these other bigger name stores. So When you have these companies that originally had a model that worked and also too, it worked really well. So it's not, it's not like there's anything that we're reinventing here, but it more along the lines of understanding where business is going and then also understanding who has the data. So that way, when these products come out directly to the consumers are we just selling directly to the consumers or are we also uh, trying to think about how do these brands that are in all these big name stores get more, not only revenue back or more revenue, but understand how we can transition through these times? Because uh, with COVID, we, we saw a couple things, I'll, I'll, I think trying to get to the short point, we saw shopping malls being repurposed for private schools, which was awesome, uh, but also to a couple shopping malls in our area over here. That were very packed. I I didn't notice them making a comeback. Um, And then also too, you have a a new, 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 uh, I guess it's, it's interesting because you have a new understanding of how much you can directly sell without having all of these overheads. So Tesla being direct to consumer, Ford announcing direct to consumer, a lot of these car companies going electric a lot of these product products that were usually needing a dealership a sales floor or large large areas of storage um now they're being made in the factories and being sent directly to the consumers so i kind of saw the need within the within the industry for the next 3 to 5 years of helping you know small and big brands we we do work with uh, companies and brands that are in these stores like Walmart or Target, Best Buy. Um, but also too, there's a lot of opportunities within the industry. For smaller companies, say a, a flooring company or a window and door company, or all the way to HVAC. Three years ago, we were doing remads for for HVAC companies in Chicago, spending quite a bit of money for lead gen. And now we're seeing that yesterday or the day before, TikTok video ads came out. So it's for lead gen. So we're at the point now where um, we hear Gary Vaynerchuk or any other big individual in the marketing space tell us that we need to go where the attention's at. Uh, that's simply the number one thing that we're seeing with big business. Uh, we, we're we going to need a lot more digital marketing services. And then also we're going to need a lot of support for all of these individuals that just got laid off by Meta, by uh, TikTok. Oh, I don't know if TikTok laid off. I'm now just ranting on about any big name, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure a lot of the big tech companies have a lot of now talented uh, creatives that, that now... They, they had structure, they had support, they got really high pay. And now we have to figure out what are we going to do with all of this talent? So we're seeing recession on the consumer side, we're seeing recession on the agency side. And then also too, we're seeing these big brands paying still millions of dollars for any type of ad for, you know, NASCAR or the NFL or any of these big companies they are still spending millions and millions and millions of dollars but no one is actually thinking, how are we going to continue to to go with the evolution here? So I guess high level, you know, we're helping brands, whether small or large, go through this direct to consumer phase that we're in because it's only going to get more personal and also more direct to the consumer. So I'm pretty excited to see where it goes also, too, I'm excited to see uh, how many agencies that were very large uh, adapt to the new circumstances of what we have in front of us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think just to like summarize everything that you talked about, it was it's a weird shift and it's a weird gray area that everybody's in on the bead or on like the business to consumer side whether it's a small business they're making that transition
1: B2B too though man I mean there's exactly. a lot of big companies it's a it's a trend how how many how many businesses have you talked to in the last 90 days that if you're speaking to them for about 5 minutes you're already going on uh, listing your head of all the ways that you could help them and on their side they have no clue how to get through any of this you know too many absolutely exactly. too many and so, you're just on the email front it's like yeah. we're we're still talking advertising people are still spending money so it's just how are we going to spend it more efficiently that's
0: exactly what it comes down to you know like big retailers uh, and legacy brands getting into online space and D2C whereas smaller brands that were D2C are now going into big retailers like Walmart Target you know Kohl's etc So it's a weird cross-pollination of two different sizes of brands, essentially. Now, I wanted to ask you, how did you even get into this whole industry? Because I know everyone has their story of how they got into paid ads or how they got into online marketing, but I wanted to hear it from you because I actually never heard from you.
1: Yeah, so I'm sure I have a few. Yeah, it's funny because I think this question, every time I get asked this, it's always different, but it's around the same idea. I really, really wanted to have a life that... When I wake up, I felt that I was moving the needle and helping others within any avenue of what I'm doing. And when I thought about marketing, and I always liked to do marketing, I always was able to then sell as well. So I saw that I had a gift for that, and I saw that there was an opportunity when my father needed um, some marketing help. Uh, He was always really good at helping uh, get in front of the right decision makers. Uh, He was really good at selling windows and doors. And also, too, uh, he had a company that was for kitchen remodels. But I learned from him that if you can get the attention and make an impact in a way where that individual is going to think about the experience that they had after they engage with you or after every time they think about you, They always have a good feeling of something where it's going to be weighing on them to they say, I need to, I need to work with this individual. I think that's really where I learned advertising. You can do that. And also people don't know how to do it. Not only do they know how to do it, they'll pay you for it. And then the brands that had money, I didn't understand the concept of proper business within advertising. So I had to make sure that I was around individuals that did. Not necessarily know the answers, but know the right people that made the right answers. And marketing is so general, it was, it's kind of funny. My college, one of my professors told me that I didn't have a gift for marketing and I should try it going a different direction. And at the time I was pretty upset, but then I learned I was I, I I learned that she was trying to tell me where I was strong and also where I could save time at. And when I dove into advertising, it was. Kind of a lot easier for me because you can sell in advertising. You can utilize sales in advertising. And more importantly, I knew that if I was going to not work for another individual and I needed to make sure that when we are going to build a business and build a profitable business, you need to go in an industry that is not going to have any type of, I guess, sketchy or imbalance in retention for income. So when you look at, marketing advertising uh seo and the list goes on advertising is usually around 10 percent of everything that the company would make and it's always good practice at a minimum to spend five to ten percent it also shows if a product is bad and you advertise it it amplifies it so you find the good areas then if you have a product that is good and you set that to market you are now in a situation where you can then spend more money And then you are now going to have the upper hand in the industry. So all of these areas, even when it seems like you could, quote unquote, fail, I then understood that the good advertisers, the good agencies and all the all the advertisers that I was looking around in the industry, even when they, quote unquote, failed, it showed them a way to have a better answer to not fail again. And it kind of seemed hard to conceptualize that in creative or or any type of deliverable that is not really a numerical. If you give me a dollar and I can return back four, and no matter the situation, it is making you money, that seems like a pretty good partnership in business. And now if you like and trust me, it sounds like I have a lot of retention. So that seemed like something that was very easy to figure out. And that seemed a lot easier to figure out compared to being an accountant and then maybe working up in the company. And then hopefully I can then get, you know, so that just... Um, my brain didn't sound, didn't, it didn't sound like that was a fun path for me and you can replace accountant with anything, but the idea of doing that. And then when it came to life and I actually was able to run an ad and I got sales into the pipeline and I saw it happening right away, that's when I instantly knew attention you can have for sales or attention on media you can have for new opportunities to then utilize for something else. And once I learned that, it was game over.
0: Yeah. I think your dad put it best with the fact that if you can make a positive impact on someone, they will always think about you when they either need that specific thing that you brought them into, or just in general, if they have another interaction with you, they'll think back to that first impression. You know, that first impression always matters. And it's funny that you brought that up because actually yesterday I got off a sales call with a prospect that we did great work for, but they wanted to see if they can try it again with a different agency. No biggie. I get it. Like we, we, we worked our asses off on the client, but if they wanted to try something else, it's all them. But what ended up happening, happening was they boomeranged back to us and they ended up like, Hey, look, we were wrong. We wanted to continue our services with you. So it's like, okay, cool. I guess we do know what we're doing. And I guess that, you know, you can't really get something better somewhere else or at least for that specific price. So it's funny how that works in in life in general, but also in the case scenario that you mentioned, if I can give you a dollar and you can bring me back four, I'm always about that game. You know, it's a lot harder with these other services, like, for example, like with branding or with design or with social media, like it's not a direct return. I'm a very direct return kind of person. And that's why I chose the path I'm on. Um, and I used to do advertising. I used to do Facebook ads and Google ads. But to me, it seemed like retention on the literal sense with um, with clients as well as retention for their customers was a way better choice.
1: And it's also interesting, too, the progression of how advertising has come about, yep. because I always did think it was about making that positive uh, numerical you know conversion so to say and then the iOS iOS 14 or iOS 14.1 happened for everyone that is doesn't know what that is so in advertising that's when the pretty much they changed all the data settings for <laughs> I guess the programs the advertisers and everyone uh, so at that point it's a tech battle to see if Google and then if Facebook or meta you know are going to give up the security of all the information of their consumers. So if you're an advertiser, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to keep a client if they're paying you a retainer plus percentage of all sales. And then every time you meet with them, you have no clue how their sales are up and then you don't. It doesn't look good. And even if you are doing a really good job, they ask, well, how do we know for sure it's from you? So getting over that data hurdle and reporting is really hard. And that's really where we also saw in the evolution of, of what's going on right now with agencies, a lot of communication barriers and a lot of, uh, lack of knowledge of big, big, big decision-makers, not knowing how to communicate to their clients. You know, we see it time and time again, um, you know, you can grow a really big company, but harder to maintain than it is to get. So yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting though. I'm happy, though, with how the industry has gone about with partnerships, though. You know, I, I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of other people, you know, teaming up together, being open about their pricing. Uh, it's also cut off all the bullshit with people uh let's just say overcharging and then using opportunity to benefit them when they know it's you can't be a good advertiser or media buyer if you don't understand how to build the business too you know so there's a lot of people that were claiming how to help businesses and then a lot of clients were not able to retain business you know so something that has been quite (laughs) interesting to look at
0: yeah. Gone are the days where you used to be a media buyer and you can charge someone, you know, like a flat $1,000 a month retainer plus like 20% of top line revenue.
1: Yeah. And- I've seen
0: that. And it's just like, I feel like this is illegal. This is just so much revenue gone, gone out the window for the client. And yeah, cool. You know, maybe they did scale your brand, but I think 20% is just egregious and eats too much within the business margins. And you really have to know how e-commerce businesses works on on the back end. You know, what net thirty deals they have on the back end, what manufacturing deals, film it costs. Yeah, because
1: so here's here's how media buying or at least our paid media buying meetings have changed in the last one year. So I'll keep the tangent under thirty seconds. It's all you. Before we used to show up, give an ROI, and then we'd have a talk about how it was great and then X, Y, and Z. Now, I guess when we're we're talking, if you don't understand how to negotiate with uh, any email platform, any of these Shopify apps, if you don't know how to read a profit and loss statement, if you don't understand the cost per acquisition, if you don't understand your lifetime value, all of these things that you must know, and then let alone if you know them, that's how, that's required. So once you do the requirement, then it says, how come these, these other agencies or brands aren't giving out the 20%? Well, it's pretty obvious. No one actually knows how to then negotiate, make better business because then it's they were just a Facebook button pusher. So then this opportunity of where, where we're sitting at within the industry, if we can come in and I can say, yes, I can run your ads. That's fine. Second to that, can I please see your subscription payments? Third, do you have a profit and loss statement? Fourth, oh, you don't? Do we have documentation of any of this? Okay, well, would you like me to organize all that? And then also, can we audit what we did in the past? Oh, you haven't done that before? Great. Uh, we'll do that all for you. It's all included. And then you say, also, uh, have we calendared out the rest of the year for all of this? And then also, have we negotiated our overhead rates with the suppliers? Have we seen new profit areas? Have we created bundles? How, have we done all that? Can we do the creative of it? Oh, you haven't done any of that? Oh, well, that's what every other good media buyer has been doing the last nine months. They've been learning these skills. They've been making those partnerships. They've been putting in the work while they're also deploying media campaigns. And that's how you're able to establish a percentage of revenue share. But I think that's the biggest part where you, like, it's funny because if you, have you ever talked to someone that is like appalled or not even, they, they just don't understand why they're not handing those out anymore?
0: Uh, It's been... Pro- like last year, pretty much once iOS hit, like I've seen all those people shut up, but beforehand I did see them question it. And it makes sense because you, as everything in life, you have to evolve what you're doing. And in order to be the best media buyer, you you know, you can't, like you said, push buttons on Facebook. You know, that was 2016, 17, 18, maybe even 2020, you were able to do that.
1: But they now have AI you- that also does it too. So it's like, Exactly. So I'm and not it, saying run everything on a, by the way, I was just saying they have AI that does it.
0: But now you have to know how the actual business side of it works. You know, there's a reason why like people from weekend, they know how that business works and they can actually help grow your business because they read the profit and loss statements. They read the reports. They know.
1: Oh, and Brandon over there, the CMO for that, that, that guy's yeah. a gangster, bro. He said he helped me out uh, all of probably like six months straight last year. Uh, just sending me over free, free, uh, like a value. He's like, hey, I I, I recorded this whole entire campaign. Uh, here's the link to the backend Kajabi. Like, ch- check it out, bro. They're, they're amazing over there. And then Tommy, obviously, uh, Tommy's amazing too. So I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of weekend. Yeah.
0: So they were able to, you know, take the entire business as a whole and grow it versus saying like, oh, I can set up your campaigns and, you know, maybe we'll see revenue. Oh, you don't have triple whale installed. I guess it's a hit or miss. You know, we don't really know for sure. So yeah. it's it's changed. iOS was a good thing and a bad thing. It was a good thing because it reflected who the actual good media buyers were and the good agencies were. Yeah. And it was a bad thing because now those bad agencies can't really scave off or like pretend they were getting results or just button mash Facebook and, you know, quote unquote, get results, even though the Facebook algorithm was just backpacking their results the entire way.
1: Yeah, I think... That's another area where it's been interesting too. Uh, With those partnerships, you can then see how are these other partners going about business and how can I make sure that I'm holding a high level of integrity in the work that I do? You know, we hang out with three or four high performers in one morning and then on the drive home, you're questioning everything that you're doing in life. You're like, what am I doing? How are these guys creating these things? How are we building such big organizations? How are they making such big impact? And then you start questioning, you're like, am I even doing any of this right? (laughs)
0: Uh, the answer to that is no all the time. No. No one's <laughs> no, doing it right. All the time. Yeah. Um you can get it close to right, but at the same time I feel like even the big agencies don't even know what they're doing. Not in like Man. an insulting way, but like in a they're trying their best and they're only working with as much as they know and they don't know what they don't know.
1: Yeah, and but that's why we have all of our Slack channel connections, you know. Yeah. Um I have a partner section within my Slack channel. That goes over all the top heavy hitters, so to say, within digital marketing. And I always make sure I bounce off ideas like, hey, this is what I got for this. This is how I structured this. Just last week, I had someone uh, that is in not only ran agencies and also spent hundreds of millions in uh, advertising. He also is now doing a lot of brokerage for for the e space and agency realm. And, you know, it, it you have to be able to sit in a room with an individual that has been where you've been and knows the answers and have them tell you, Hey, you signed these agreements and that's not going to pay off well in the long term because you know, they're already at that extra level. They've already unlocked that other level and they already know how it plays out, you know? So it's like, yes, we don't know what we're doing, but also too, like, I have a partnership agreement that I need to figure out next month. I'll just call up one of my friends or four of my friends that have bigger agencies that have really good partnerships. And I'll say, how do you guys go about partnerships? and then i didn't know and then i know all of a sudden so it's really good to be able to to have that network and also to be able to know that even if you don't have that network there's quite a lot of communities out there that are openly giving free discord channels you know we got agency therapy uh, josh with hydra uh, shack over there at geek out that was an amazing event you know ashton heman x and then also eddie for media agency founders, powerhouse brands, and and every single other great person that's in our circle. (laughs) (laughs) I meant to include and I did include everyone. So, you know, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. And it's a great time to take more action.
0: Yeah, it's a very good reminder. Every time I see those kinds of people or like visit those events or uh, even see you or see Nick or see anyone else in like the local community. It's like, damn, I am not doing enough, and these people are smarter than me. So I'm not doing that to Brown knows you, but at the same time, it's just like it's always yeah, well, like eye opening, you know? It's yeah, like, and I could and it's be good, doing more,
1: but it but it would be it, it's also too like that respect knowing it's like well, also I can't do the email on your end the, the things that you guys build but but that's why i like keeping individuals around that are always going to challenge you and then also question you on like hey i saw you were doing x y and z you know this little lines up this way i want to help you in your journey, you know? So I just think it's awesome, the community that's over here in Nashville. I mean, I'm from San Diego and I came straight to Nashville because there's the best agencies. And then too, there's the best financial backers for marketing here. And even that, it's just a great place to live, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess to close this out, I like to ask everyone this question. And that is, what are like three high leverage actions a D2C brand can take into place when they're media buying?
1: Number one don't make it as complicated as you are. I see a lot of media buyers and I'm not going to get in the whole debate of how to set up campaign structures, all that. We've seen all of it, but don't overcomplicate it. Use offers that work and also two. Understand when the time to cut out the leaves on the tree that aren't needed. Cut them out really quick. So like, for example, don't test 15 headlines with 15 different landing pages and all cross everything. Just keep it simple. Three headlines, you know, get the headline situation figured out, get the creative situation figured out the post-click situation figured out um so the first thing is make sure that you simplify things second setting your micro goals for uh half decades and then sending your macro goals for decades and that's something why i mentioned for ecom brands because the business owner is the reflection of their business and their business is the reflection of the business owner so it's like if i were to go into a e-com brand owner's distribution center and we were to walk into their bathroom, uh, their ladies restroom, and it was completely disgusting. I would say, I can tell that you guys don't respect even a woman's restroom in your facility. The owner is responsible for this. I can almost guarantee if you don't take that seriously, you're not taking your econ brand seriously. And that five minute conversation with the entire staff, if you go back, I guarantee uh, I heard this on a podcast. This was, this happened with an individual. So taking it more seriously, that's simple as that. Third, making partnerships, you know, these partners, the partners around you and the partners that you could and will work with, they're all around you and they're all here to help. So making things simple, taking things more seriously, and also to your partners, those three things right there, I think are the highest leverage actions that you can use. And also to, I did a two for one, that's just for agencies as well, you know, yeah. but there's a lot of e-com brands out here that have cut agencies and now are managing these things uh and they're needing to then now do all of the work as well. So, I've seen it all and you know, I'm I'm also learning a lot too. And finally, one thing for yourself, I w- I am very interested to to hear, do you think that there is an opportunity for a low ticket offer for these e-com brands that are making revenue, they're making thousands of dollars a month and they just need you know, like if you were to go get an a la carte pizza, I'm a big fan of a la carte right now. Do you think there's an opportunity for a la carte? And do you think we should probably talk about bringing this to market?
0: I'd say there is definitely like a big opportunity is the audits. So auditing the account itself, we've actually brought in a few low ticket offers on that. And for a few clients recently, Uh, audits done with you service. So consulting, setting up flow charts, setting up templates, but they do all the copy, they do all the content Um, and three doing like just setting up flows for one base price. So like it may not be low ticket or maybe do like a flow per price. Like if we do your welcome flow, it'll be like five emails. It'll be this much. Or if it's yeah, abandoned cart flow, it'll be this much. So there are opportunities there that we're trying to figure out on the internal side, but yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely doable.
1: Yeah, because I'm trying to find ways right now how I can help companies with smaller uh, sections of their advertising. Yeah. So if they have a new product launch, come in and just do the testing for that. You know, if they want to have just management on a smaller setup, just that. If they need yeah. coaching or a templates, I'm finding that we're, we're going to need to be setting up quite a lot of different things here to get through the next six to eight months, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, Dean, it was a pleasure, like always. Of course. Um, so where can people find you?
1: Uh, bring snacks on Instagram or d2cpaidads.com.
0: Awesome, man. It was a pleasure having you and uh, I'll see you next time.
1: Thank you so much. Have a great day.
0: Thanks again for joining us on the Scaling E-Commerce podcast. If you enjoyed it or learned something new, remember to like, subscribe and leave a review. It really helps out with the algorithm. If you want email marketing tips delivered straight to your inbox on a weekly basis from yours truly, then check out the link below or in the show notes to subscribe and join my newsletter. If you're a D2C brand with at least 10,000 email subscribers and interested in starting a conversation to work together, then go to aspectagency.com and we'd love to chat with you. And if you want to stay up to date with anything email and SMS, just follow me on Twitter at Nikita Vakrushev or check the show notes. the link. With that said, I'm Nikita and I'll see you in the next one.